Good morning, everyone. Good to see all of you here this morning. Listen, if you are visiting with us this morning, we want you to know that you are a welcome guest, and we're so very thankful that you've chosen to be here to spend these moments of worshiping together with us. We apologize uh, because we're not able to maybe show more of an affection or hospitality to you because of this pandemic and so forth, but we want you to know that we're glad that you are here. For those of you who are online and are visiting with us or just our members that are streaming, we're glad that you're with us as, as well. So as you think about uh, 2020, aren't you glad that 2020 is behind us and we're starting to move forward to 2021? As you think about 2020, there's a lot of things that were challenging about it. No doubt the pandemic was a challenge, continues to be a challenge. There's the political scene that is there. And probably we were hoping that as we moved into 2021, those things would be away from us, that they'd be in the rearview mirror and that we'd be past them. But Alas, it doesn't look like the COVID virus is going to go away anytime soon, though we are blessed with a vaccine. And the political scene, well, politicians are going to do what politicians do. They're going to politics, so that's going to be with us a while. When you think about that, wouldn't you like to just press the reset button and start all over again? Or if we were just to talk about the history of our congregation last year and the coronavirus, well, almost every church event that we endeavored to undertake, we had to, to cancel. And in essence, what we were doing as a congregation, we almost took the year off from any kind of congregational activity or the mission of the, the, the church and were relegated to uh, worshiping and going to class online, either through streaming online or through through Zoom, and we've started to have, you know, in-person services, but even then on, it's on a limited basis. And so we look at those things, and, and I got to thinking, wouldn't you like to just press the reset button? I think all of us would like to just press the reset button. When I think about that, and I think about the pandemic, and I think about the, um, the political scene, the truth of the matter is, is that there is no pressing that reset button. But when we talk about our congregation and when we talk about the activities of it and when we talk about the mission of it, well, I think that we can get ready to press a reset button in terms of congregational activity and, and get ready to start in again uh, at doing the things that we ought to be doing. And so what I'm going to be sharing with you probably for the next couple of months, maybe three months, is I want to talk to you some about a, a new series that I'm calling Reset. So what do I mean when I talk about resetting things? Well, the word reset means an act or instance of setting, adjusting, or fixing something to a new and different way. Or the idea of restarting, restoring, or rebooting something. That's the idea of resetting things or reset. And so when I think about reset, well, we reset things all the time if you think about it. For instance, if you've ever opened up your computer or your iPad or smartphone, if you've done anything that has to do with the internet and you open that thing up and you try to go to a, a program or you try to open up some kind of app, then one of the things that you're going to find very quickly is that they almost always require a password. Now, I don't know about you, but how many of you have forgotten your passwords? It can be so frustrating when I look at my computer or my iPad or even my phone. There are all kinds of apps that are on there, all kinds of programs, and each and every one of those require a password. I mean, all of them. And for me to try to remember all those passwords are almost impossible, and the result of that is I find myself having to do a lot of resetting of passwords. In fact, I'll put a password and it says, no, that's rejected. I'll put another password, no, that's rejected. And finally, it'll say, would you like to reset your password? If I had a dollar for every time I've had to press that one and reset a password, well, then I would have a lot of money. 
Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking to yourself, well, listen, you know, there are, there are apps that you get out there that store your passwords and protect them. But guess what? I bet they have a password. So there's always these passwords that are, are there. Or maybe you've opened up your computer and it freezes up on you. It goes on the blink. And so you call up a tech. Maybe it's a friend or maybe you go to Microsoft or someone like that and you ask them, listen, my computer just froze up. What can I do? And they say, well, you need to do a hard shutdown. You need to reboot. You need to give your computer a, an opportunity to reset itself. And if it continues to freeze up and you can't get that thing going again, and then probably this tech is going to say to you something like this, you need to restore your computer back to factory reset. Which means when you do a factory reset, which I've done several times, when you do a factory reset, guess what you have to do? You have to load all your programs all over again. And if you load all your apps all over again, and guess what they all require? A password. I mean, what if you forgot your password again? And so there's this idea of constantly resetting things in life. Even companies reset things. They reset their objectives, their goals, their plans. Sometimes they will stay with their objectives, but I can guarantee you goals and plans are constantly being reset. And as I look at the audience, and probably if I could see those of you who are watching on, online, if I were to look at you probably as a woman, and when you wake up in the morning, you go to bed with your hair not looking too bad, but you wake up in the morning and your hair is a mess, bedhead. And the result of that is, is you have to have a reset. You have to reset your hair so that, you know, you look beautiful once again. You can see this in all kinds of things from resetting alarm clocks and it, just we reset a lot of things in in life well even congregations have to sometimes stop and reset and after the year that we went through in 2020 i got to thinking what would be a theme for this year or at least to begin the year with and the thing that i kept coming up with is was maybe a revival or certainly the idea of reset well reset what well resetting our purpose why do we exist what's our overwhelming all-consuming cause for existing as a congregation of people that collectively come together and what are our priorities so do we need to reset our priorities are there some things that we ought to be doing as a congregation there are things we should be doing individually but as a congregation what are some things that should be a priority in our lives so getting a start of off with a new year is a great way to begin with a reset and so we're going to be talking about things that we possibly can reset as followers of Jesus Christ. And one of the things that I think that we need to start with before we talk about priorities or before we talk about a purpose or those, how about just resetting the script? Almost all of us, to at least some degree, have a script in our lives. Some of us have really long scripts and have a lot of steps involved in the script. Others of us have maybe fewer steps or fewer marks in the script, but nevertheless, all of us have a script. I don't know what your script for your life is. You don't know what the script is for my life, but one thing I do know is we all have a script, and that script has been revealed to us through God's Word, and it's according to His will, so we have this script. So, so what does a normal, everyday life look like in terms of a routine script? Well, almost all of us, we get up in the morning, uh, we shower, we get ready for work, or we get ready for school. Uh, we have some breakfast. 
we, we take off and we go to work or school. We spend the day there, and then we come home after that, that day is over with, and we come to our homes, and, 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 and maybe we have to do some homework, or maybe we have to do some work work at home, and, and then we have dinner with one another, and then we might watch a little bit of TV, or, or maybe we'll read a, some, some book. We do something, and then we go to bed. And the next morning, we repeat. And the next day, we repeat. And the next day, we repeat. That becomes a part of our routine in life. I'm not saying those are bad things. I'm simply saying that that is the routine that we find our, ourselves in from time to time. And it becomes somewhat of a mundane thing. And so it shouldn't surprise us that we have people who say, is that all there is to life? Isn't there more to life than just going through this daily routine of getting up, going to work, coming home, getting up, going to school, coming home, and then repeat the cycle once again? And it's not just something that unbelievers think about. It's things that we, even as believers, we think about the script in which we live, and we're asking, is there more to life than this script? And the answer to that is, is God says yes. Jesus says yes. Jesus said, listen, thieves come to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. And I really like how the New Living Translation puts it. He says, my purpose is to give, you, to give them a rich and satisfying life. So let me ask you, as you think about 2021, would you say you're living the abundant life? Would you say that you're rich, li living the rich and satisfying life? That's what God wants for us. Now, I understand that there's going to be toil and strife, as some of those songs we just sang uh, talk about, but life, even within those circumstances, can be one of abundance. And even in those circumstances, we can find joy because joy is not always an emotion. It's a state of how we look at life and how we look at God and how we look at our future in, in God. And so we go through these moments where we're asking these questions, isn't there more to life than the routine of life? Because Jesus calls us to abundance. But one of the things that would concern me, and I think should concern you, is that we could miss the abundant life where we're so busy with the routines that we, we fail to listen to the call that God is calling us to. The call, God calls us to great things in our lives. And not only that, he calls our congregation to do things, that there are activities that we need to do. There is a mission that we need to accomplish, but it's easy to become blind to those things. Over in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter and verse 4, there Paul said that the God of this world has blinded those who are unbelievers so that they will not accept or that they cannot see the good news or the, the gospel. The idea of the word blind there actually in the original language means to blunt the mind that our minds become blunted with everything going on around us that we can't see the, the good things, that there is a script for abundance in our lives, that it's found in the will of God, revealed in his word. But we miss it, the abundant life, because we find ourselves going off script. So think about that for a moment, going off script. So how many of you, you don't have to raise your hands, but how many of you would say that you watch reality TV? Well, some watch reality TV. What is it about reality TV that is so catching? I'm telling you, society is really caught up in the idea of reality TV. And one of the reasons is because it is unscripted. There is a theme that is there, but it isn't supposed to have a script. 
And the fact that it doesn't have the script is what holds people's attention because there's this anticipation of what is going to happen next. And that's why reality TV has really caught on. You say, well, it hasn't caught on all that much. Listen, back in 2000, did you know that there are only four, four reality TV shows? I think there's like Survivor and America Got Talent and Fear Factor and probably one other. But today, do you know there's over 750 reality shows? 750, not just beyond that. Some have been canceled. They come up with a new one like The Amazing Race or The Voice. Those things start to come online, but these reality shows are over, all over the place. And the reason there is because there are the scripted TV shows and there are the unscripted TV shows. What's the difference? Well, with a scripted show... A lot of them are pretty predictable shows. For instance, the scripted love story, the guy is going to get the gal in the end. Or the girl is going to get the boy in the end. Or the good guy is going to get the bad guy in the end. We kind of have a, the idea of what is going to happen there. But when you talk about reality TV, well, it's an unscripted show, and we don't know for certain how things are going to turn out. Uh, we'd like to go off script. We go off script because it feels like it's, you know, it's more excitement to that. And the world tells us that. The world tells us that, listen, when you live a scripted life according to God's standard, according to his moral code, according to his word or his will, that becomes just a mundane routine life. You need to go under the unscripted part of life because that's where the action really does happen. That's where things really go. But when we go off script, guess what? We take our eyes off God, and the result of that is we put our eyes on our, ourselves, and we miss the abundant life because of that. God has a script for us. He said that script is going to give you a good, a rich, a satisfying life. You go off script, and life is going to go bump for you. So the first thing I want you to think about is that the world, it wants us to live uh, our lives unscripted, where God, he wants us to live a scripted life. You see, it's really easy to get caught up in the things of this world that it says, here are the important things. Power, fame, wealth, fun. Those are the things they said life is about, and we fall into that trap, that unscripted trap that says power is everything. If you can rise to the top, if you have more say, more influence, power is a good thing, or fame. Fame is a good thing, or wealth. The more wealth you have, the more happy you're going to be. And yet we know the fallacies that surround a lot of those things, and yet we find ourselves buying into that unscripted thing. Things that divide us. Politics certainly does divide us. COVID-19 certainly divides us. You look at our nation, and we find ourselves at strong odds. Democrats, Republicans, Independents, Patriots. We find ourselves divided in those areas. Even when it comes down to covid you know, as elders, we've been told by people, as long as you're wearing masks, I'm not coming there. If you don't wear a mask, I'm not coming there. And so you find yourself having to walk this, this line where people think these things are more important than being on script with God and being in fellowship with one another. And so it's easy to get off script. So it isn't any wonder that Paul 
would write this really familiar passage that we've looked at for the last half a year in 2020, and that is where Paul says, do not be conformed to this world or live according to the pattern of this world. Don't get caught up in the script of the world. It has one script. God has another script for you. Which brings us to the section of Scripture that I want you to think about. I want you to think about the day that Jesus was baptized in the Jordan by John. And immediately it says that he is taken by the Holy Spirit to the wilderness. And there he's going to be there for 40 days and 40 nights. And he is going to, to fast. And in those moments of fasting, Satan is going to come and tempt him. And what he's going to do, he's going to try to get him off script. You see, God has a planned script for Jesus' life. Jesus has a script. His script was he's to come to this world, be born as a baby, grow up to be a man, and then to die on the cross for the sins of the world. Jesus knew his mission. Jesus said, my mission is to seek and save the lost. It's not to be served, but to serve and give my life a ransom for many. That was his script. But Satan is going to come along and try to get him off script. He's going to try to get him to go in a different direction altogether. And so what the world does and what Satan does is they try to get us off script by saying to us, you can have it all right now. Everything that you desire, you deserve it. You can have it in the immediate, in the now. And that's what Satan does. And that's what he did to Jesus. And we can learn from that. Notice what the Bible says there. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. You'd be hungry too. My wife, this is not to pinpoint her, but Lori, you know, if she doesn't eat on a regular, almost like a timed basis, she can get pretty angry about things. It's got to do something with something. But she, she has to eat on a regular basis. Could you imagine fasting for 40 days and and for 40 nights, would that maybe put you a little bit on edge? Would it cause you to be, be just a little bit, you know, anxious or, or weak about things? So it says that Jesus has been there for 40 days and 40 nights. He hasn't eaten. He's hungry. And it says the tempter comes to him. It says, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. Part of God's script, I think, for every one of our lives is two things. One is to trust. And the second is to be patient on God's timing, to wait on his timing. That God is working in our lives to wait for the Lord, to be strong and take heart and wait for him. That is so hard for us to do in a society that says you need to have everything right now. And so after 40 days and 40 nights, he comes to him and he tempts him. If you are the son of God, the command these, bread, these stones to become uh, bread. And what he is saying to him, he says, you can eat right now. You don't have to wait on God. You can have it all right now. Just turn these stones into bread. You remember what Jesus said to him? He says, listen to him, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That is what fills me up. I can wait. I've gone 40 days and 40 nights. I'm in no hurry. I can wait. I know who I am. When he says, if you are the son of God, Jesus knew who he was. And so he wasn't going to be tempted by those, those things. But we can find ourselves really tempted by those things. Think about how many Christians get off track because we want the now rather than to wait for, for God. 
So let me ask you a question, personally speaking, and that is, is how we're in this COVID thing and we're in this political How many of you trust God? When it comes down to COVID-19, how many of you are putting your trust in God? Do you think God is in control? Or how about the political situation? Do you think God is in control? I mean, do you really believe God is in control or are those just words that you mouth? Or are those just words that you, you say? We want things to get back to normal now. We want the political situation to get straightened out right now. We want COVID to go away right now. And when it doesn't go away, when the political scene doesn't change, where is our trust? Who have we put our trust and our faith in? Are we willing to wait for God's timing? If God is in control, are we willing to be patient and put our trust in him? Because I'm going to tell you that when we don't do that, it has the potential of, of causing us to be anxious and discouraged and depressed and, and angry, and we break relationships with one another. Broken relationships happen. Countries are divided because we don't put our trust in God. We think that we have the, the say when it comes down to power or fame or wealth or fun or any of those, those kinds of things. Think about what you are wrestling within your heart or within your life right now uh, that you want right now. I mean, seriously. COVID is a big deal. The politics is a big deal. Is that what consumes you? And if it's consuming you, maybe it's because we don't trust God in it enough. We think we got to fix it. We got to handle it. And it's not just those kinds of things. What about material things? There are people out there who says, listen, you can have it right now. You don't have to make any payments for a year. You don't have to make any payments for two years. You can have it right now. They don't tell you that they compound interest on you, and then eventually you're going to have to pay that thing. They don't tell you that stuff. Sensuality, they don't tell you. Listen, if you, if you decide that you're going to be free with your sexuality, they don't tell you about the sex-transmitted diseases that are out there. They don't tell you about unwanted pregnancies. They don't tell you about the guilt that goes with it or the regret because I want it right now. God says, listen, all those things will come to you. According to my will, you need to wait. So what are you wrestling with that you want right now? Sometimes we get off script by the world saying to us, listen, uh, you need to bring as much attention to yourself as possible. Look at what happened in the scripture, Matthew 4, verses 5 through 7. The devil, it says, took Jesus to a holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he commands his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus said to him, again it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. So what is he trying to get across to Jesus? Well, he's saying to Jesus, listen, if you want to draw people to yourself, there's a way that you can draw attention. You need to do something great or something big. And the big thing that you can do is cast yourself off the pinnacle of this temple. There'll be a crowd there. They'll see you bore up. They'll see how great you really are. But, and no doubt he would have had attention. But how long would it have lasted? How long would it have been there uh, for him? If he goes off script... But if he stays on script 
and carries out the will of God and the plan for his life, which was to die on the cross for the sins of the world, notice what Philippians, the fourth chapter, beginning in verse 6 and going down through about verse 11, but I think it's in verse 8, he says, Therefore God hath highly exalted him and gave him a name which is above every name, which is Lord. Why did he give it to him? Because in verse 6 he says he humbled himself to the point of death, even death on the cross. He stayed on script and God exalted him to high places. We think that if we have a lot of attention, if we do something great, we're going to be remembered forever. But can anyone remember the guy who went over Niagara Falls in a barrel and survived? Well, the only way you'll know is if that's just what your deal is. But if you're like me, you're going to have to look it up on the internet or Google it to find out who that guy is. I used to know him one time for a sermon, but I forgot him a long time ago. Does anyone know who won the fifth Heisman Trophy? Unless you're just into Heisman Trophy trivia, we don't know who that, thing, that guy is, but people give their lives to that thing. Or who won the ninth Super Bowl MVP? I did have it one time, the fourth Super Bowl MVP, and I thought, okay, it's going to be like Joe Namath or Johnny Unitas or something like that, so I better put something with the Ray out to like the ninth Super Bowl. But who remembers these guys? No one. God's script for your life is not to bring attention to yourself, but to bring attention to God. Look at what Jeremiah 9 and verse 24 says. But let the one who boasts, boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness and justice and righteousness on the earth. For these I delight, declares the Lord. If you're going to boast, don't boast about your fame or your power or your position or any of those things. Boast in me. And what's really interesting in the Sermon on the Mount, almost at the beginning of the sermon, Jesus says, listen, you are the light of the world. And then he says, let your light so shine that men might see your good works and do what? Glorify your Father who is in heaven. It's not about you, but it's about God. And I would suggest to you that that's our purpose in life as a Christian and as a congregation is to give glory to God. Say more about that down the line. And then lastly, a Satan in the world will try to get us off script by telling you that you can have it all, but they fail to tell you that it won't last. So Satan says to Jesus, again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give to you if you fall down and you worship me. Remember God, Jesus said, yeah, but it also says that you're to worship God and him alone. The world promises you a lot of things, but it doesn't tell you Everything. The devil intentionally forgot to tell Jesus something. He forgot to tell him that everything that he was offering him in terms of the kingdoms of the world was just temporary. All kingdoms of the world are temporary. All of them have a shelf life. If you just go down through biblical history or just history itself, you'll see that one time the Assyrians were a powerful nation, then the Babylonians were a powerful nation, then the Greeks and the Medes were a powerful nation, then the Romans were a powerful nation, and then England was a powerful nation, and Spain was a powerful nation, and, and, and the United States is a powerful nation. But maybe we won't stay there. Maybe those things will change. He failed to tell him that those kingdoms that he showed them in all their glory have a shelf life. They can only be great for so 
long and he didn't tell him something else. He didn't tell him that Jesus' destiny was to one day destroy this world. To burn it up. That includes all the kingdoms. And we fall into that same kind of trap ourselves. That's how the world gets us to go off script. It offers us the temporary rather than the eternal. Because God's script for my life and your life is that the things I do for him will last forever. The things that we get caught up in in the world are just temporary. They're here for a while and then they fade quickly away. I bought a truck back in 2014, bought this new Ford F-150. That truck is a great looking truck. I love that truck. But you know what? That salesman, he didn't tell me the truth about my truck. He didn't tell me, you know, the, how that new truck smells like a new truck? In a year, it's not going to smell like a new truck anymore. And that's what I like about the new stuff. And he didn't tell me, you know, in about five years or six years, you know, that battery in that truck's going to go bad, and you're going to have to buy a new battery for that. It's going to cost you $200 when you do it. And if we install, it's going to cost you $250. He didn't tell me that the brakes are going to wear out in that truck. He didn't tell me the tires are going to wear out in that truck. He didn't tell me that one day that truck is going to look like that car behind me is going to be a rust bucket. So I've had the truck now for six years. So I'm telling you, things are starting to happen like that to that truck. It's got kind of a nice look on the outside, but on the inside, well, I'm having to fix things. They don't tell you those kinds of things. In fact, if I, I were to take my truck down there and show them my, my truck what looks pretty good and say, I want to buy one of your new trucks, you're not going to say about my truck, that truck is an inadequate truck. That truck doesn't do nearly as good of the things as this new truck does. They say the same thing about golf clubs. They say, that, I mean, you name it. They, all, they don't tell you the truth. It's the bomb now or it's great right now, but it's only a temporary thing. And I just think we need to remember that when we think about the script for our lives. Jesus says, listen, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you might have life abundantly. Do not lay treasure up on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal it. But lay up treasure in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy. Thieves do not break in and steal and kill. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Stay on script. You stay on script, I'll take care of every need of your life. I'm going to give you all your wants. Though he gives us a lot of our wants when you think about it. But I will take care of you. Stay on script. So it's time to reset the script for our lives. It's time to reset the script for our congregation to get back to God's will and his word for my life and for our congregation for our congregation in terms of activity and mission, that we get back on, on script with those things. We've had the year off. It hasn't felt like it, but we've had the year off from a lot of busy things and good things. It's time for us just to get ready to go again. Hopefully by April, we're going to be there. Or maybe you need to reset your life personally. Maybe you've got caught up into some kind of sin or bad habit that maybe you need to get out of, and maybe you just need a reset. The Bible calls that repentance and forgiveness that God offers us. 1 John 1 and verse 9. Why not take advantage of that? Or the greatest reset, the greatest reboot of all is to become a Christian, to give my life to Jesus and for him to wash my sins away. And when we are baptized into Christ for the remission of our sins, that's exactly what 
happens. So time for a reset. Time to reset the script of our lives and get back with it. So the, the sermon is yours as well as your response is yours. But together we stand and sing and give you opportunity to respond. Won't you come?